called inducted. Amen. On yesterday and following them, amen. The mighty man of Magiste Arete had their introductions as well. Amen. Brother Joel, amen. And Brother Kelvin were inducted into that. We thank and praise God for them and what God is doing in their lives. Amen. Ezekiel chapter 37 and just one verse, verse 4. When you have it, say amen. If you don't, just say wait on me. Amen. I'm waiting. Now, I'm reading from the Amplified Bible, Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 4. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O you dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Let me read that again. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O you dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor. Open your mouth. Come on, find your neighbor next to you and tell them to open your mouth. Find somebody behind you. We'll tell you look in the choir stand, but there's nobody there. But find somebody behind you and tell them to open your mouth. Come on, find somebody across the way, another section of the church. If you got to scream over and tell them to open your mouth. Father God, we come before you right now, God. We glorify you. We magnify you. We lift you up, oh God, because besides you, there is no other Lord. And God, we just give you all the honor. We give you all the glory and we give you all the praise for who you are. God, we arrest the atmosphere right now in the name of Jesus and we bind up anything that's not like you, Lord God. Bring our attention under the attention of the Holy Ghost, oh God, that we can be able to receive all that you have for us on today. We bind any type of distraction. Uh, we bind any type of the in- moves of the enemy, oh God, that we try to interfere. Open up our hearts, our minds, our ears, and our spirits, oh God, that we may hear the word of God on today. And we ask all these things in your name. We pray and we say amen. Open your mouth. The theme of Ezekiel deals with the glory of God. Israel, a people uh, that is known for their stubbornness and deliberate disobedience towards God, is warned many times about their unrepentant state and what the effects of their actions will be if they do not turn away from the evil and from their evil and wicked ways. God said that his sword will come upon the people and that his glory would exit the temple if they failed to repent from their sins. Though God was tired of their consistent sin, he never stopped loving them. He sent the warnings by way to get their attention so that the sword would not come. He sent warning after warning after warning, giving the people a chance to get right, but they failed to take heed to the word of God. The valley of dry bones is a metaphor of how God sees the children of Israel. The valley of dry bones is a metaphor to allow Israel to understand that God sees them as being disconnected, that God sees them as being dispersed, that God sees them in all midst of chaos, and that he was the only, that he's the only one that can be able to bring them back and to, and, to, and to allow them to be complete once again. Ezekiel, one of God's priests, one of God's prophets, whose name means God strengthens, is sent by God to the children of Israel to make them aware of their present spiritual condition. God lets Ezekiel know that they won't take heed to to everything that he's saying because they failed to obey God. 
But God sends Ezekiel there to let him to let them know that you cannot say that you have not been warned. You cannot say that I have not tried to get your attention. You cannot say that I not try to warn you, but you can say that a prophet was among us. Early on in chapter 3, God is developing Ezekiel, a dependency upon the word, and is told to eat the word of the Lord. He is told to receive divine revelations. He's told to take it. He's told to take the meaning of it. He's told to understand the word. He's told to admit the word to his heart. He is told to apply the word, and he is told to be effective with it, to be nourished and to be strengthened by the word of God that he's given to speak and not his own. Before God sends Ezekiel out to be able to rebuke and to be able to rebuke the children of Israel, God gives Ezekiel away. He puts him away. He has them in his room. He tells Ezekiel to go to his house and he ropes Ezekiel to his house so that he's bound and he and he allows his tongue to go to the roof of his mouth to cleave to the roof of his mouth that he's not able to speak God isolate Ezekiel so that he can be able to prepare him and to feed him everything that he needs to tell the children the, the children of Israel God wants Ezekiel to speak the word of God and not the words of his own Chapter 4, once again, God isolates Ezekiel to prepare him for the job that is at hand. Ezekiel needs the time of solitude so that God can be able to speak in him and through him. Ezekiel is pressed by the Lord to stand and to declare the word of the Lord. The Bible emphasizes that the Lord placing, placing, placing everything in Ezekiel that he needed for the job at hand. Ezekiel chapter 2 verses 1 through 2 says this, and he said to me, Ezekiel, son of man, stand upon your feet and I will speak to you. And the spirit entered into me when he spoke to me and set me upon my feet and I heard him speaking to me. All Ezekiel had to do was make himself available and God would do the rest. Everything he needed was already accounted for. God already knew what Ezekiel would need for his assignment. I have a question for you this morning, Hopewell. When will you avail yourselves to the impartations of the Lord? When will you avail yourselves to the impartations of the Lord? Everything that you need to to carry out the assignment that God has for you is already there. But you just have to make yourself available so that God can be able to impart to you everything that you need for the job at hand. God deals with the to let him know that, listen, I don't want, I want you to speak. I want you to, to declare boldly to the children of Israel what I said, but I don't want you to say your own words, but I'm going to give you the words to say, I want you to tell them what I said, because if you fail to do what I've told you to do, that blood would be upon your hands. And if you go forth and you do what I tell you to do and they don't act upon it, then you have done your job and the blood will no longer be upon your hands. But but because you did the job well and you did what I told you to do, they will have to suffer the consequences for their actions. So everything that you need to handle the assignment, to handle everything that God brings your way, is already on the inside of you. It just needs to be activated. And God is the one to activate. God is the one to bring confirmation. God is the one to do the job that needs to be done. But we must avail ourselves so that God can be able to impart in us the things of God. It's important, saints of God, that we don't speak our own words, but we speak the word of God. 
And the only way we can be able to speak the word of God is when God gets us off, when God gets us in a place of solitude, when God gets us off to ourselves, where we can be able to know that it's him speaking and receive everything that he's saying so that we can be able to finish well. God is looking for individuals who will make themselves available to be deposited into. God is looking for people who will allow themselves to allow God to put words into their mouth, to put his spirit into them. Listen, the Bible says that, that, that all Ezekiel did, he just stood up and he stood there and God gave and God bought into him everything that he needed to get the job done. In Ezekiel chapter 3, God deals with Ezekiel about what's going on, what his, what his assignment is, what he's going to be commissioned to do. And he tells him to go down to the plain where he will speak to him. But here it is, 34 chapters later, that Ezekiel is in the valley of dry bones. Isn't it funny how God places us in the midst of situations without asking our permission? The Bible says in 37 verse 1, it says, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. He brought me out. I was in the spirit. He brought me out and set me in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Ezekiel was placed in the valley of dry bones, a place of chaos, a place of death a place of disconnection, but the hand of the Lord was upon him. Even though he was in the midst of a crazy situation, the Bible says that the hand of the Lord was upon Ezekiel. Listen, I came to tell somebody today that you may be in a situation, you may be in a circumstance that you, that you don't even desire to be in, but because the hand of the Lord is on your life, because the hand of God is upon you, you can be able to survive and thrive no matter what you're in. No matter what may be going on around you, all because the hand of God is upon your life. As long as the hand of God is upon your life, there is nothing that you cannot accomplish in this life. There is nothing that you cannot get through in this life. There is nothing that you will not be able to overcome as long as the hand of the Lord is upon your life. Ezekiel is sitting there in the midst of all of these dry bones. In the midst, it almost looked as if there was some bloody war that had went on. And now it's these dead, old, dried up bones that are sitting here. And he's trying to figure, okay, God, I know you told me that you were going to send me to the plane to talk to me. But I didn't know I was going to be in the midst of death. I didn't know that I was going to be in the midst of this connection. And I believe, saints of God, that some of our lives are in some, in some sense in the same way as this valley is. We have so much disconnect. We have so much dispersion that's going on around us. And we're trying to make sense of everything that's going on. And nothing is making sense. Nothing is coming together the way that we thought that it would come together. And so God has Ezekiel there in the, in the valley of these dry bones, and he begins to talk to Ezekiel. Ezekiel begins to take a tour around. He begins to look around and listen. Look at verse 3, and it says, And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? God, how, how can you ask me a question? How God, can these bones live? God, you know, you're the only one that knows. God, you're the only one that can be able to breathe. You're the only one that can be able to move supernaturally and cause these dead bones to be able to come back together again and to be complete and to be whole. 
It's almost a rhetorical question. God, you really want me to answer that? Can these bones live? God, you see the condition that this is in. These are dried up, lifeless bones. But God, you know. You know. Because Ezekiel understood that the only way that these valley of dry bones would ever be able to come back is by God supernaturally moving upon the bones and allowing the bones to come back together again. He knew that it would be nothing of his own work. It would be nothing of his own power. But listen, he gives it over to God and he says, God, you know. And then look at verse 3, look at verse 4. And again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, all you dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. I can only imagine if I was Ezekiel, I would have felt a little crazy. Now I'm out here in the middle of this valley with nobody. I'm by myself with a bunch of bones. And you're telling me to open up my mouth and to be able to speak and to prophesy. The word prophesy means to preach. And God is telling him to preach to these dry bones, to these dead, lifeless bones. These bones that no longer have any hope. These bones that no longer have any strength. You want me to open up my mouth and to speak to a dead situation? He says, yes. Yes, I want you to open up your mouth and speak to these dead situations because I've already prepared you 30, 34 chapters earlier that I will, everything that you needed, I will put in your mouth what needed to be said. Sometimes God gave, gives you a post-dated anointing. God anoints you now for something that you're going to have to do later on. Ezekiel did not understand why God dealt with him over in chapter 3 about going out into the plains and about him making himself available so that God could give him the words to say because God knew in chapter 37 as you go on down the road you're going to come up to a situation that you're not going to be able to handle yourself. And the only way that you're going to be able to get out of it is by using the word of God. I tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, use the word of God. Use the word of God. And God tells him to prophesy, to preach, to speak the word of the Lord. He tells him not to go out there. Well, Ezekiel, I want you to go out there and, and give some, some nice spiritual cliches and say, he said, no, I want you to speak the word of God. Listen, just as Ezekiel had to speak the word of God over, this, over these dry bones, it's the same thing that we must do today, saints of God. We must speak the word of God over every dead, lifeless, disconnected, dispersed situation or circumstance that's going on in our lives. Don't speak your own words. But speak the word of God. Speak the word of God. Speak the word of God over your finances. Speak the word of God over your health. Speak the word of God over your family. Speak the word of God over your children. Speak the word of God over your marriage. Speak the word of God over your classes and schools. Speak the word of God over your job. Speak the word of God over every situation in your life. Because listen, God realized that before I get Ezekiel out there doing anything, I have to get him in position. And in that place in position, he has to come up on the dependency upon the word of God. Listen, saints of God, you won't go anywhere in life without the word of God. Because the Bible is our life map. The Bible is our direction. The Bible is our compass to where we will go in life. Everything, every answer, every question that we have, there's an answer for it in the word of God. And he tells him, listen, don't speak your own words, but you speak the words that I will put in you to be able to say. And I know he felt, I would have felt crazy. I'm out here in the midst of a valley of dry bones, death, bones. Might be a little nervous. I might hear, I'm, you know, I don't know what may happen. 
But he has me out here in this terrible situation, this natural disaster. But even though I'm in the midst of this natural disaster, God's hand is upon my life. I'm looking at some people right now that you've been in some jacked up situations. You've been in some crazy situations. You've been in some crazy conditions and you had no idea how you were going to make it through. You didn't know how you was going to make it out, how you was going to make it over, how you was going to come around the corner. But the hand of God was upon your life. That's why you made it out. That's why you came through. That's why you was able to get through because the hand of God was upon your life. You didn't know what to do. You didn't know what to say. You didn't know where to turn. You had nobody else there because there was nobody there but you and God and you didn't know how you were going to get through but the hand of God was upon your life and when the hand of God is upon your life there is no devil, there is no she devil, there is no he devil that can be able to stop you from doing what God has already commissioned you to do he tells him open up your mouth and speak Open up your mouth and prophesy. Open up your mouth and preach. Open up your mouth and speak the word of God. Ezekiel had to have some boldness to be able to speak to a dead situation. Ezekiel had to step out of his comfort zone to be able to speak boldly and to, to declare and to prophesy and to preach. He couldn't be weak in prophesying and preaching over these bones, but he had to have some power behind it. To speak to these bones. What are you not speaking to in your life? What in your life is going on that has caused you to shut your mouth and now you're scared to speak against it? Because you feel that the circumstance, you feel that the situation, it has more power and authority than you do. What have you closed your mouth to when God says all you have to do is stand and allow me to put my spirit on the inside of you and so that you can be able to speak what thus says the Lord? Come on, tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, you need boldness. We need boldness to be able to speak to certain, to certain things that's going on in our life. We need boldness to be able to declare the word of God over certain dry places in our life. Because listen, if we continue, if you continue to live among bones, you will become one of them. If you continue to be among disconnection, you will find yourself being disconnected and dispersed just like these bones. Because it looked like a hopeless situation. It looked like that this was already the end. Looks like it's the end. But what I love about it, they're in the midst of a valley. They're not at a grave. They're in the midst of a valley. And the valley was open. A grave is shut. So this goes to show us right here that because they were in the midst of the valley and the valley was open, this goes to show us, saints of God, that there is still hope for God to be able to supernaturally move in the midst of our situation because it was not in the grave. When you put some, when you put a body down in the grave, you put the body down in the grave, you dig the grave up, you put the body down, and you place dirt on top of it to cover it up. But these bones were not in the grave. They were in an open plain field. Don't bury what God says I can, I can bring life back to. Don't bury to where, to where God can be able to bring a resurrection back. Because it looked like a look at verse 11. He says, then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, behold, they say our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are completely cut off. They no longer had hope. 
because they saw with their eyes and what their eyes showed them that this is a hopeless situation. That this is a situation that has already came to an end. This is a situation that has already been brought to a climax. This is something that is already done. But God says, but because this is in an open valley, I can still bring life. I can still bring resurrection. I can still, re- I can still restore. I can still renew. I can still revive. So don't bury what God says I can bring a resurrection to. And so he opens up his mouth and he speaks the word of God. And look at verse 7. Look at, look at verse 6. And it says, I will lay sinews upon you and bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin. And I will put breath and spirit in you and you dry bones shall live and you shall understand and realize that I am the Lord, the sovereign ruler who calls forth loyalty and obedient service. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a thundering noise and behold, a shaking and a trembling and a rattling and the bones came together, bone to its bone. Now, I love how the Bible says there was a shaking, there was a trembling. There was a route. There was a movement that was taking place amongst some dead, dried up bones. Sometimes, thanks to God, God has to send a shake in our way. Sometimes God has to shake some things up. God has to rattle some things up around us because we become so comfortable in where we are. We become so comfortable in what's going on. And sometimes God has to send a shaking just to get us to move around a little bit to get out of our comfort zone so that he can be able to do something new in the midst of our lives. Because if we stay where we are and become content, we will never make any moves. Because we're in our comfort zone. I'm familiar with this. It's nice to me. I understand this. I like the way that this is. Why mess with something that's not broke? But God sends a shaking. God sends a trembling. God sends a rattling. And all of a sudden, bones start to come back together again. Why? All because because the prophet, the man of God, opened up his mouth and spoke and declared the word of God over these dry bones. Just as Ezekiel had the power to be able to open up his mouth and declare the word of God, you and I have that same power and that same authority to be able to open up our mouths and allow God to come into us to breathe into us and give us the words that we need to say. Because you have to understand, saints, the bones coming together again was not for Ezekiel's sake. It wasn't for his glory. It wasn't so that he could go around and boast and say, well, you know, I'm that prophet Ezekiel that was down there with them valley of dry bones and spoke and bones came back. That's me. I come to your church next week. But no, this went on so that the name of the Lord could be praised, so that the glory of God could be recognized. This was taking place for God's glory to come on the scene. It wasn't for man, but it was all for his glory and all for the acknowledgments of God. The Bible says, That as he prayed that God sent the wind, the wind that represented his glory, his spirit. And it went into the bones. And flesh came upon the bones. And the bones began to connect together and come back together. And skin began to cover the bones. All because he spoke the word of God over his situation. Many times, saints of God. 
we speak death over our own lives. We don't need nobody's help in doing that because we do it to our own selves. And we speak death. And the Bible says that we, the power in life is within our mouth. And so whatever it is, if we speak life, if we speak death, we will reap the consequence of whatever it is that we spoke. Our words have so much power. We can destroy a thing or, or a person just by, we ain't never got to touch them. But just with our words, we can do that. Words have so much power. And so that's why God tells Ezekiel to open up his mouth and to speak the word of God. Because God's word has life. God's word has authority. God's word has power. To be able to breathe upon a dead situation and bring life. The choice is ours, saints. The choice is ours. We can stay where we are in disconnection. We can stay where we are in disbursement. Or we can openly open up our mouths and speak the word of God. Over every dry place in our lives, over every dry situation in our lives, over every dead place in our lives. And when we speak the word of God, we will see God bring a resurrection in our lives. We will see God do some new things in our lives. When we stand boldly and declare the word of We got the power to do it. And it's not on our own strength. And it's not for our own glory. But it's all for the glory of God. It's all for the glory of God. The doors of the church are open. Does anyone here that have not accepted Jesus Christ?